I already feel ready for retirement and I'm only 30. My brain is so foggy, I feel like my grandparents trying to remember colleagues' names, let alone focus on all my work. Do you recollect using these statements before or can relate to them? While you may or may not be aware, you might be hitting a burnout in your career. From longer working hours to increased demands at home, the COVID-19 pandemic introduced new stressors to nearly every domain of life. As the world is grappling with new variants of COVID-19, monkeypox, climate change, rising house and commodity prices, these stressors have become persistent and indefinite, increasing the risk of a burnout. Welcome to the podcast Amplify Your Life. My name is Elvis D'Souza and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about burnout, the great resignation. This topic was suggested by my colleague Julie, who is also a listener of the show. Julie mentioned that she liked the previous episodes and suggested that I should cover the subject on burnout in one of my episodes. She shared that she has come across many people complaining of burnout symptoms, including herself, and it would be beneficial to many to learn on how to identify and deal with this situation. As I always say, if the listeners want to hear about a topic, let me know and I will cover the same on one of my episodes. So stay tuned for an informative session on one of the hottest topics in the corporate professional world, burnout. No pun intended. What is burnout? What's the definition of burnout? Or what's your understanding of the term burnout? Now that's a question that I asked a few of my friends and colleagues to get an understanding of what were their thoughts on the topic. Well, one of them said, Burnout to me is when your body is exhausted and it needs a break, and you may have breakdowns if not addressed in time. Another colleague answered, Burnout, according to them, is mental fatigue, overwhelmed with balancing lifestyle priorities. Burnout to me is when your soul is tired and can't continue. You need to rest and take a break and move on in a different direction to find your true calling. Another friend said, Burnout means a lot of things. There is social burnout. When your social battery runs out and you don't want to be out in a social environment. Work burnout is when you feel drained from work, either from working long hours or you're disengaged from work that is no longer motivated or feeling stagnant. And one said, to be run down physically and mentally, to have spent all your energy with nothing left in you, is burnout, according to him. Those are some great definitions, some great ways to express what burnout means to you. And maybe some of you can relate to those definitions. Well, here is where the term burnout came into being. The term burnout is a relatively new term. First coined in 1974 by Herbert Freudenberger, a German psychologist, in his book Burnout, The High Cost of High Achievement. He originally defined burnout as the extinction of motivation or incentive, especially when one's devotion to a cause or relationship fails to produce the desired results. It was first used to describe medical professionals such as doctors and nurses who felt burnt out from their tireless work. 
The term later evolved to include any working professional experiencing exhaustion and an inability to cope with daily tasks. Now, according to the World Health Organization, burnout is a syndrome, not a medical diagnosis, caused by chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, feeling of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficacy. As I told you earlier, if you can relate to any of those statements that I mentioned during the start of the episode, well, you may be just uh, at the onset of uh, having a burnout, or maybe somewhere on the roadmap of a burnout. Now, there are multiple stages of a burnout, which I'm going to talk about a little later in the episode, but uh, let's look at some stats to give you an understanding of uh, how many people around the world are in the same situation that you are. Now, these are American numbers that I'm going to share, but I'm sure uh, they can be extrapolated to the world figures as well. American workers across the board saw heightened rates of burnout in 2021. And according to American Psychological Association's 2021 Work and Wellbeing Survey of 1,501 U.S. adult workers, 79% of employees had experienced work-related stress in the month before the survey. Nearly 3 in 5 employees reported negative impacts of work-related stress, including lack of interest, motivation, or energy. 26%, that's the number for all those symptoms, and 19% reported lack of effort at work. Meanwhile, 36% reported cognitive weariness and 32% reported emotional exhaustion. And an astounding 44% reported physical fatigue, a 38% increase since 2019. Those are some high percentages right there telling you of all the numbers captured during 2021. Now, here are some demographic statistics. Demographic statistics indicate that women are more likely than men to suffer from burnout. In 2020, 32% of women said that they were consistently burned out at work, while only 28% of men reported feeling burnt out. More than 50% of women in leadership positions consistently feel burnt out. Having young children is an additional stress that can contribute to burnout. 47% working mothers and 38% of working fathers are often burned out. And I can relate to this fact because every time, you know, every morning we have a Zoom meetings or we meet in the office, I notice that parents are generally still, you know, exhausted, maybe because their child had a nightmare or maybe they had to pack lunch for school and they're doing so many things that they don't get time to rejuvenate and that can lead to them being exhausted and ultimately feeling burned out. As of February 2021, 59% millennials, 58% Gen Z and 54% Gen X shared similar burnout rates whereas baby boomers recorded only 31%, which is significantly lower. Income levels make a slight difference in burnout rates too, amongst employees. The highest rate of burnout was reported in mid-level incomes, with 44% in the $30,000 to $60,000 bracket. The lowest rate of burnout was 38% 
in the $100,000 and above bracket. Well, now when it comes to occupations, some occupations are more vulnerable than the others to the effects of burnout. According to Forbes, the following three industries are infamous for workplace burnout. The first one is medicine. A career in the medical world is not for the faint of heart, especially looking to the future of COVID-19, where the front lines were filled with medical workers fighting to protect and save lives, including their own. An easy day in the office is probably difficult to come by as a nurse or doctor given that 34% of emergency department staff and 33% of nurses in the US are burnt out due to excessive workloads and high demands. This is especially true with emergency respondents. Working long sporadic hours resulting in disrupted circadian rhythm and lack of sleep. This unnatural sleeping pattern causes chronic depletion of energy stores and activation of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenaline axis, which is the part of the body that acts as the stress response system. Simply put, a crazy sleep cycle is a recipe for burnout. The next occupation infamous for burnout is law, which is known for working long and strenuous hours in a fast-paced competitive environment. When data revealed that 73% of lawyers expressed feeling burnt out, it wasn't too much of a surprise. Part of this burnout comes down to the demands of the job itself, the tough culture and the personality types that are naturally enticed by a career in law. And finally, the third one, STEM. That's science, technology, engineering and math. The hurdles to gaining a career in STEM are fierce and it all starts with school. According to USA Today, approximately 40% of the students who enter into science, technology, engineering or math will lead those programs within four years. Now suppose uh, someone completes a course and you know the payoff is great since STEM workers earn a nice 26% advantage over their non-STEM workers with a similar education and even if they don't have a career in STEM, their STEM education grants them higher pay regardless of the occupation. It's difficult for women who are in STEM, who are more likely to face a lack of support as well as a sense of isolation in their career. Coincidentally, these are leading causes of a workplace burnout. Working in a career where you feel isolated or boxed out, especially due to your gender, race or other minority demographic, takes a toll. Now, in addition to those occupations, there are other fields as well which can be quite stressful and can lead to a burnout. One of them is social work. Social workers typically operate in emotionally stressful environments and often experience secondary traumatic stress. Another field that experiences high burnout rates is the business development and sales team. 44% of workers in business development say they are expected to work while they are on vacation. That's a high percentage of professionals with work-life conflicts. Sales-related jobs also require a lot of travel. Sometimes up to 75% of their work takes place off-site. Retail can be quite a challenging field as well. You also have uh, teachers. Teachers face a lot of pressure considering the amount of students they have, the different personalities that they have to deal with, 
and the covid uh, situation the pandemic working from home having your children around if you're a parent can be quite stressful too so there are many fields that can be quite challenging and they all can lead to a burnout Now I know many of you may be confused about what's the difference between stress and burnout. They're almost similar but they are not. So I'm going to talk about what are the differences or the key differences between stress and burnout. Before I go ahead and share the differences between stress and burnout, I'm going to give you a quick reminder of the definitions of stress and burnout. So stress refers to a mental or emotional state wherein a person encounters tension due to adverse conditions on the contrary burnout is a syndrome which results from prolonged exposure to stress it leads to exhaustion of mental and physical strength as my friends and colleagues shared earlier so there is a road map you got to imagine this it starts off with stress followed by more stress then a lot of stress which moves on to too much stress and finally resulting in a burnout now here's a quick comparison between stress and burnout what is the difference in the feelings in stress you have anxiety mood swings feelings of guilt and hyperactivity whereas in burnout you feel helpless and hopeless what do you encounter when you're stressed out you encounter fatigue whereas if you're burnt out you have chronic exhaustion if you're stressed out there is loss or lack of motivation and hope in a burnout situation there is lack of physical energy when you're stressed out you're dissatisfied with your work whereas if you're burnt out you're bored and cynical at work talking about job commitments there's too much of effort that you put into things when you are stressed out you want to do things right you're a perfectionist you experience so many emotions whereas your job commitment when you're burnt out is virtually zero you experience emotions that are flattening out Your body undergoes physiological changes when you're stressed out. So either you're putting on weight or you're losing weight. You have uh, eruptions on your skin which could be acne. Whereas if uh, you're burnt out, you can have psychosomatic complaints. And finally, stress can lead to anxiety, whereas burnout can lead to depression. Okay, talking about burnout. Let's talk about what are the causes of burnout? What are the possible causes that can lead to a job burnout? Now there are various factors uh, that can result into a job burnout situation. The first one being lack of control and inability to influence decisions that affect your job, such as your schedule, your assignments or workload could lead to a job burnout. Now imagine you're expected to work uh, from 9 to 7 instead of 9 to 5 because of uh, more workload that causes stress and long-term stress can lead to a burnout so could lack of resources to do your work that could also lead to a burnout the second point unclear job expectations if you're unclear about the degree of authority you have or what your supervisor or others expect of you you're not likely to feel comfortable at work 
The third one, dysfunctional workplace dynamics. Perhaps you work with an office bully, or you feel undermined by colleagues, or your boss micromanages your work. This can contribute to job stress. The next point, extremes of activity. When a job is monotonous or chaotic, you need constant energy to remain focused, which can lead to fatigue and job burnout. The next point, lack of social support. If you feel isolated at work and in your personal life, you might feel more stressed. And finally, work-life balance. If your work takes up so much of your time and effort that you don't have the energy to spend time with your family and friends, you might burn out quickly. So I hope you've made a quick note of all these possibilities and keep an eye on all these triggers. As shared by psychologists Heber Friedenberger and Gail Knott, we have 12 phases of the stress-related source syndrome, which is burnout, which I'm going to be sharing right now. So I'd like you to make a list of it and identify where exactly do you fall on this roadmap, because it'll only help you going forward. The first phase, excessive drive or ambition. This is common for people who are starting a new job or undertaking a novel task. Remember those days where you just get a new job and I'm like, I'm going to crush this. Too much ambition can lead to burnout. And I'm guilty of this. You're so excited when you get a job, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to prove myself right here in this organization. So I'm going to give it my all. Just the starting phase of a burnout. Which leads me to the second phase, pushing yourself to work harder. Ambition pushes you to work harder because you're going to try and prove that point, that you're worthy of that position. Which also leads to the third phase, where you start neglecting your own needs. You begin to sacrifice self-care like sleep, exercise and eating well. The fourth phase, displacement of conflict. Instead of acknowledging that you're pushing yourself to the max, you blame your boss, the demands of your job, or colleagues for your troubles. The fifth phase. No time for non-work-related needs. Your values are revised. Work becomes the sole focus at the expense of family, friends, and hobbies, which now seem irrelevant. Your friend calls you for an outing over the weekend? Nah, I've got to complete this project which is due next week. What will my boss say? What will my company say? I'll miss out on that bonus. We've all been there, done that. The sixth phase, almost halfway there. Denial. Impatience with those around you mounts. Instead of taking responsibility for your behaviors, you blame others, seeing them as incompetent, lazy, and overbearing. Things are going to get serious now. Withdrawal. The seventh phase. You begin to withdraw from family and friends. You lack direction and are cynical. Social invitations to parties, movies and dinner dates start to feel burdensome instead of enjoyable. The eighth phase. Behavioral changes. Those on the road to burnout may become more aggressive and snap at loved ones for no reason. And I believe all of us, to some extent, are guilty of this, especially during the pandemic. Small things would trigger us and we would snap at our loved ones who were only looking out for us. The ninth phase, depersonalization. Feeling detached from your life and your ability to control your life. Things are getting serious now. The tenth phase, 
inner emptiness or anxiety. Feeling empty or anxious, you may turn to thrill-seeking behaviors to deal or cope with this emotion, such as substance abuse, gambling, or overeating. The eleventh phase, depression sets in. Life loses its meaning and you begin to feel hopeless. And the twelfth phase, mental or physical collapse. This can impact your ability to cope. Mental health or medical attention may be necessary at this point. So those are the 12 phases of a burnout. I want you to take a look at that list and see where do you place yourself. What are those symptoms that you can identify with and start your journey to a great life by paying attention to the next segment, which is going to talk about on how you can deal with a burnout situation. This is perhaps the most important part of this entire podcast. Amplify your life. Sharing solutions that can help you improve your life. And in this case, I'm going to be talking about how can you recover from a burnout. At this point, burnout probably sounds stressful, enough to wonder if you can ever recover from it. The good news is, there are ways to bounce back and learn to enjoy your work again. For starters, you need to be honest with yourself and recognize the burnout. It will be difficult to move forward if you can't see the problem for yourself. Talk to your boss and let them know what your current struggles are. They may suggest that you take some time off to recharge. If this isn't offered, request a personal day or two to take a step back and reassess your situation. Consider taking a vacation to truly unwind. Before you return, find new ways to cope with your job and find a work-life balance. It's important to prioritize self-care and schedule time for yourself. This can be as simple as taking breaks throughout the day or going on a walk during lunchtime. In stressful moments, it may also help to practice breathing techniques to lower your stress. And this, my friends, is very, very effective. It was suggested by one of my friends. It's a very simple technique. All you got to do is breathe in for, say, four counts and breathe out for eight counts. The idea is the number of counts that you're breathing in, the release has to be double that. And breathe out with your mouth open. Release all that negative energy and stress. This is a super helpful technique. Make a note of it. While at work, know your limitations. People in new jobs tend to say yes to everything as they feel it's necessary to showcase their value to their boss. This can be dangerous. Sooner or later, you may find yourself drowning in too many tasks. To solve this problem, don't be afraid to say no. Knowing your limitations also includes a set work schedule. In today's work-from-home environment, it's easy to be flexible and work longer hours or respond to emails or texts after long working hours. While answering a call at night may seem harmless, it can lead to bad habits. And finally, if you're struggling from burnout and are unsure where to turn, ask your primary care physician to refer you to a mental health provider. They can help you develop coping strategies to find a happy medium with your work. Now you may say, Elvis, lucky for me, I don't feel like I'm burnt out. I have a great job. I'm happy. I have great work-life balance. Everything is all sorted and I'm enjoying my life. Well, I am so happy for you. However, if you feel that there is a family member or a friend that you notice who is experiencing the symptoms, here are ways in which you can help them. 
While you can't take their stress away, you can offer support to help lighten their emotional load. The first thing that you can do is listen. Before jumping into fixing mode, offer to listen to your friend or family member's difficulties. Having someone to talk to can make a world of a difference. Often people need someone to witness their stress and suffering and listening can go a long way. Validate feelings and concerns. When friends and family members are feeling the effects of burnout, saying, it doesn't sound that bad, or I'm sure things will get better, while meant to offer reassurance, can feel invalidating if someone is really feeling low and hopeless. Don't do that. Instead, here's what you can do. Offer validation by saying, you've been working so hard. I can understand why you feel depleted. Being empathetic is more helpful than just trying to offer reassurance when you really don't understand the situation or which phase they are in. Offer specific types of help. Individuals who are burnt out are often too tired to think of ways others can help them. Instead of asking, how can I help? Offer to drop off a meal, pick up dry cleaning, or do a load of laundry. Kind gestures can go a long way too. Sending flowers, a thoughtful message, or a written card can remind friends and family members that they are not alone. Because they're often working long hours, people with burnout can feel lonely and unappreciated. But small gestures of kindness can be nurturing. Another option is research resources. If friends or family members need additional support like childcare, a house cleaner, a psychotherapist, offer to research and crowdsource for specific resources to help ease the stress. And that, friends, is all the information that I'd like to share on this episode of Amplify Your Life on the topic of burnout. It is a vast topic, I know, and it's difficult to cover all the aspects under 30 minutes. Hence, there will be future discussions on this topic, and I'll try and get in some experts to share their thoughts on the subject as well. Well, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends and family. You can now follow me on social media. The usernames are shared in the description below. If you have any feedback or suggestions, you can write to me at amplifyyourlifepodcast at gmail.com. Until the next episode, this is Elvis here signing off, reminding you to take care and don't forget to amplify your life.